Welcome to Minority Landlords Podcast, your manual to financial freedom. Are you looking to escape the nine to five rat race? Do you want to earn passive income while building generational wealth for you and your family and don't know how to get started? Well, you're at the right place. Here at Minority Landlords, we're here to help educate minorities about real estate investing. And now your host, Pepe Amoti. Hey, everyone, so it's Pepe with the 26th episode of my Notes and Download podcast. Today, I'll be talking about Section 8. I'll talk about what it is, who are Section 8 tenants, the advantages and disadvantages of having Section 8 tenants, and the legal aspect of things that your investors need to be aware of. I'm actually very psyched to talk about this topic because I know a lot of investors that always try to stay away from tenants that utilize those the, the, these kind of programs citing the financial instability that is my cause though if you look at it from financial standpoint there's a lot of advantages of having tenants that utilize section 8 not forget it's not ethically and morally right even it's illegal in some states to deny somebody a home just because they utilize these kind of programs. Anyways, today I'll give you all the pros and cons of having Section 8 tenants and I'll talk about some legal ramifications that landlords may face if they refuse to provide housing to a tenant solely because they have Section 8. As we know, refusing tenants a home due to their income source is illegal in a lot of states anyways what is section 8 you might be asking yourself if you don't, if you don't know that it's also known as the housing choice voucher program basically it's a housing voucher program funded by the department of housing and urban development that allows private landlords to rent their properties at a fair market rent to low income tenants who qualify usually how it works for the most part is section 8 tenants pay a fixed percentage of their income and the government or section 8 program pays the difference and this all depends on one's financial situation as a determinant um, for the program to calculate how much one have to pay out of pocket these rental assistance programs have been actually around for a while stating back during the great recession in the 1960s and 70s and the main reason for starting it was to increase the production of low-income housing and to of course help low-income families have an affordable place to live which is really really great one thing people don't really understand is that getting section 8 help takes a long long time first of all to qualify the applicant have to be 18 years or older and be a u.s citizen or eligible non-citizen such as folks with green card and whatnot i believe if you're an undocumented you cannot qualify for section 8 but i will check on that because there might be certain circumstances that might exempt one from that requirement income requirement last i checked at least here in massachusetts where i reside is the income requirement is capped at within 30 percent of the area's median income uh, this is based on family size and whatnot so if you know someone who is looking into getting c section 8 for for them or their family or if you are yourself i would say to check with your own town the 
um, the income guidelines for obtaining Section 8. One crazy thing that's unfortunate about Section 8 is the long waiting list. If for those who don't know, depending on your town, some localities have a long wait list of thousands of families, which can make obtaining Section 8 take three to even six years or more. So if you are or know someone who is considering to get Section 8, I would start the process literally today. The wait list is too long that some areas even tend to do lottery systems. That's how awful and crazy it is. So if you know anybody, like I said, make sure that you start today, you get the process rolling because it might take you so long to wait to hear anything back. But once someone gets the Section 8, I think it's actually pretty great for both the tenant and the landlord and some pros some of the advantages of section 8 is number one it is a consistent income when you have a section 8 tenant you won't have to worry about late payment or chasing around tenants for non-payment because the government pays you a guaranteed income every single month and on time which is what all of us landlords usually ask for right the consistent income the second advantage is you are likely to get a pretty decent tenant. The public housing authority does extensive screening process in order to ensure that the people they give Section A to have pretty good record. But regardless, though, I would recommend your landlords to still follow your own screening process in addition just for the sake of making sure that you have the best tenants as possible and not just relying on what the public housing authority is doing on their end. The third advantage of section eight is low vacancy rate, right? Tenants tend to stay much longer because it's basically like free housing for them. So there's no that burden to the tenant to try to find a cheaper alternative and whatnot. As long as the landlord keeps their property in a good shape and follow the section eight guidelines that landlords have to meet the likelihood of vacancy is substantially lower the other fourth advantage is high rent as a landlord you are more likely to get higher rent because you don't have to put your your, your property under market as long as it's around the market level section 8 will literally pay for it and a lot of landlords tend to shortchange themselves actually a little bit so that they can get their units filled and potential tenants don't have to have a cold feet due to the cost but with section 8 tenants will take whatever price since they are not the ones paying for it anyways also since tenants is just paying a little and the government's paying the difference tenants will be more likely to go for the expensive apartment, right? Because they're not putting that much money into it. And let's say if they would only afford something for 500, with Section 8, they might go for something for 1500, right? Because they can still put 500 and the government might pay the other 1000. So they, they, you are more likely to receive higher rents. And the fifth advantage, you will get free marketing for your property since Section 8 programs, they have a site where Section 8 tenants can browse Section 8 homes. And for those interested, the link is 
go-section8.com. You can check out how it, it is out there. So the sixth advantage of having Section 8 tenants is the housing authority actually holds tenants very accountable for all for, for a lot of things. So the chance of the tenants being bad is very slim because they don't want to lose their Section 8. And they also know how long of a process it takes. So tenants are literally, uh, tenants are likely to be pretty decent compared to if they're not Section 8 tenants. Now let's look at some disadvantages, some cons of Section 8. Number one is the yearly inspection. That can be annoying because we know those local housing authorities tend to be strict. So they might quote you to fix something expensive that maybe it's not even a safety concern or that necessary. And if you do not fix, you risk losing your subsidy. I personally hate even the typical city inspections, right? And I'm, I'm not a slumlord at all. No, I'm not. I take really great care of my properties and always make sure they are up to code. But it's just having the government authority over my business that runs me a little bit the wrong way. So obviously, it's very necessary for the towns to conduct these inspections in spite of how much I hate them. I, I agree with them, but at the same time, when you're dealing with Section 8 tenants, you'll have to deal with constant inspections, which can be pretty annoying. The second disadvantage of Section 8 is potential hard tenants. I know a lot of landlords get scared of this, saying that Section 8 tenants are likely to not care about your property and are likely to trash it and blah, blah. I agree and disagree with this. First of all, yes, any tenants can really do that to your property if, you, if they want to. Just because they are low income, I feel like that assumption that they don't care that that's rooted deep in the real estate community is partially false. You have to understand too that the tenants are held at a high standard with the housing authorities to comply with your lease terms. And if you make a lot of complaints, guess what? Tenants risk losing their Section 8. And remember how I said these things take up, up to even eight years for someone to get approved for it. So tenants know how the game is to mess it up and get back to that long wait. I'm sure the, the likelihood of them doing that is very, very slim. So yeah, I would say yes and no to that. The yes is just like, yes, any tenants really can destroy your house if they want to do so. They don't have to be of Section 8 and whatnot to do that. The third disadvantage, the other big disadvantage for me is, let's say if the tenant doesn't comply with Section 8 guidelines and are dropped by the program, now I'm stuck with a tenant that can't afford to pay rent. So that can be a pretty sticky situation to be in. And then let's look at some legality aspects of it. Your landlords who do not like Section 8 should be very, very careful with the wording of the reasons that you give to potential tenants as to why you refuse to rent to them. Like I said earlier, in a lot of states, it's illegal to refuse to give someone housing because they have Section 8 vouchers. For example, in my state here in Massachusetts, it's illegal and so it is in a lot of other states. You can still reject them for other reasons, but it can't be on the basis of their receiving public assistance. So if you discriminate against those with vouchers or violate this and other fair housing laws, you will be setting yourself up for a huge fine and even 
possible jail time, depending on what the violation is. Anyways, for those of us who are interested in one day joining the affordable housing niche and becoming a Section 8 landlord, you can do so by applying through your local housing authority and providing information about yourself and your property. Once your application is received, they'll probably do some kind of inspection in order to ensure that the property is up to local health, safety, and all the necessary building codes. And overall, I personally believe Section 8 is one of the most stable and profitable niches out there. As a matter of fact, like I said, I'm hoping to get in it in the near future. There's always been this misconception among landlords on how horrible Section 8 tenants are. And quite frankly, most of those are just myths. As a matter of fact, some are even pretty nasty myths. This whole stereotype that it's hard having Section 8 tenants because it's filled with single moms with their baby daddy issues and boyfriends will destroy your property. These are all misconceptions that are there to just make it hard for minority tenants. I find it very discriminatory and very sad that it's something that's heavily believed in the real estate community. These tenants aren't any worse than regular paying tenants. As a matter of fact, if you look at it, the pros of having Section 8 tenants way, way outweighs those of non-Section 8 tenants. So as I close, I hope you landlords can look at the bigger picture and stop discriminating folks because of this and that, but rather ethically run your business. And trust me, you'll more than abundantly be blessed if you run your business with humility, realizing that at the end of the day, everyone needs a home. If they check your boxes of things that actually matters and not discriminatory boxes, then just do the right thing. Alright folks, thanks for listening and until next time, stay hungry. Thank you for listening to Minority Landlords Podcast. Please like and subscribe and leave us a rating on iTunes so that we can reach as many people as possible. We will appreciate it if you tell your friends and family too about the podcast. Also visit us at MinorityLandlords.com.